Hey there, and welcome to Surrounded by Witnesses. I'm your host, Marcy Hess. In each episode, it is my desire to make you aware of the witnesses all around us who are running their race with perseverance, eyes fixed on Jesus, and all the while pointing to the greatness of God and His redemptive power in their everyday lives. Do you have what it takes to run the race with endurance? Join us as we talk about how God gives us strength each day to endure and find hope in the everyday. Well, hello there. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm super excited you're here and I can't wait to get started. chatting with my special guest. This is going to be a really fun day and we're going to talk about finding peace and purpose and calmness in a chaotic world, which is incredibly relevant for our season of life that we all find ourselves in today. So without further ado, let me introduce my guest. I have with me today Micah Maddox and I'm super excited. So Micah is a national women's conference speaker. She's a Bible teacher, a blogger. She's also written a book called Anchored In, Experience a Powerful Life in a Problem-Filled World. She writes for Proverbs 31, their first five app, and she's passionate about sharing with people how they can find peace and calm in a chaotic world. She's a mom of four, two boys and two girls, and she helps lead uh, worship min- the worship ministry, no, the women's ministry, sorry, the women's ministry at her church. She's married to a worship pastor. I was getting there. I was just putting it all together. And uh, so I'm excited today to chat a little bit more about that and just hear how we can be peaceful and have purpose in the middle of all of these seasons of life. So thanks for joining joining me today, Micah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I, I'm really excited too. I I just wanted to share too, we, Micah and I actually are new acquaintances. We met through Proverbs 31. We, we did a um, the She Speaks conference and Micah was a group leader and she was fabulous. And so that's been kind of fun with this um, blossoming friendship acquaintance. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. speak in faith. We're going to be friends for a long time. So it's going to be good. But uh, I'm just excited to get into this. I feel like it's a a topic we all need to hear more about, and it's super relevant to our time. So I appreciate you chatting with me about today. So I just wanted to ask you, just tell me a little bit about yourself. I know I gave a brief little intro, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about you. Yeah, so I um, was born in a pastor's home. And so when I was a little girl, I, I came into a pastor's home, learning the Bible right from the start. And... Um, I share that first because that's kind of the foundation of, of where I come from and, and why I wrote a book and why mm-hmm. I speak and why I share is because my, my dad, who was a pastor when I was um, just six years old, mm-hmm. left the church and left our family. My and um, he walked out on a Sunday morning and, and he didn't come back. And so um, throughout my life, I kind of put that to bed, put that to rest and pressed it down and didn't deal mm-hmm. with it held my head high and pretended like life was fine. And um, then here I was a 30 year old woman with a couple of children. And I looked in the eyes of my own little girl and I realized like for the first time, I kind of saw myself Mm. and I I realized I'm going to have to deal with the pain that I had pressed down for all of those years. And so in, in that season, I, I began to deal with the pain of abandonment, of rejection, and all of that. So I know that's a lot of heavy stuff to share right off the bat <laughs> about myself, that's but okay. I, I think it's really relevant for people to know, you know, sometimes they'll look at a, a speaker or a writer and they'll think, 
they just have it all together. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, they just have what it takes to write a book or to share their story or to whatever it is. But I think it's important that we go back and, and we, we look at the the foundation of why we do that. And for me, my why is because God took me from that place of rejected to, to being whole and he filled that hole in my heart. And um, so I don't know if that's what you wanted to hear or not, but that's kind of, that is, kind of the foundation of who I am. And it's not that I live in a victim mentality to where I was the little girl who was abandoned, Mm -hmm. but I live in that victorious light that no, God is my father. And he has, he has picked me up out of that pit. And that is why I'm here today talking to you. And that's why I can move forward. Yeah, man. I, I, when I read that about your story, I was just blown away by that. And I, that was kind of a key focus where I thought, I want to know what transforms a person from that. And I can resonate. I grew up in a pastor's home and, and part of that little girl in me just thinking, oh my goodness, can you imagine showing up that Sunday and, and having all of that happen? And, and how would you as a child deal with that and, and, your, and your mom dealing with the same thing? I'm sure it was a lot going on. Um, so that led you to write Anchored In. Is that kind of your segue into what per, you know, made that book begin to happen? So with Anchored In, during that season, I was in a season of transition in my life and I had always taught in a church setting. So I I grew up, I pressed down the pain, but I I lived in that Christian world. And so I was in the church and I lived in the church and I walked in the church and then I began to teach in the church. Mm -hmm. And so I taught girls and I taught women and that's all I knew from a young teenage girl. I started to be kind of a leader. And then as a young adult, I was a leader And so my husband and I were leaders in the church and we were making a big transition from one state to another state. And so from one church to Mm. another church. And on a Sunday morning, I was driving to church to the new church and I realized that I didn't have a place to teach. And Mm. it, it hit me. I was like, why am I here? What am I doing? This is all I've ever known is giving of myself in the church. And so week after week, I drove to church and sat there and wrestled with this, like, Lord, where's my place? Where do I fit? And um, shortly, it didn't take very long, but I was just praying and asking God, okay, am I supposed to teach? Where's the spot? All All the positions are full. There's no place for me to just step in. There's not a need right now, which is not common. If you've been in the church world, there's always a need for more volunteers and more help, but it wasn't there. And, um, so I just began to ask God, Lord, what is it for me right now? What do you have for me in the season? And he said, I want you to write, I want you to write your story. And Mm. I I want you to share with people how you came from rejected to whole how how did I heal you tell people mm-hmm. about it and so you know the place where God really met me was in Psalm 27 mm-hmm. it's my favorite chapter in the whole Bible there's a lot of good chapters the whole Bible is good <laughs> but Psalm 27 I've claimed it's it's mine and it is it's David's song of confidence is the title and um it's the final verse of it says wait on the Lord be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. And what God did for me in that is he just reminded me that even if, if this season isn't a season that you're going to do what you think you're going to do, or if this season isn't being healed and whole, like you think it should be, wait, I'm going to give you the courage. I'm going to give you the strength. I'm going to make it whole in my time and in my way. And so 
I began to write and um, out of the writing came the book anchored in. And I didn't know I was writing a book when mm -hmm. I began to write. I just knew I was writing because God said, you're going to write. <laughs> and quickly it became um, some paragraphs that became chapters that became a book. And in the meantime, I started learning about the writing world and I, I got a literary agent and God just opened every door to where now we have this beautiful book titled Anchored In that helps women go from hurting to whole and mm -hmm. from feeling powerless to knowing the power that they have in the Lord. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. And you know, one of the things I think is so hard in the waiting is you just don't know what will happen on the other end. So to have that promise to cling to, yes, waiting, and that might be difficult, but I'm going to do that for you. I'm going to heal. I'm going to restore. That's such a great promise and super, super relevant. Um, one of the thing I think resonates with me and I think will resonate with any other person and woman who specifically who listens um, is that we all have these seasons of difficulty and these problems. And, and I know you express this in your book, just that feeling of being far from God. I've gone through that in many seasons of my life, just wondering like, Lord, is it me? Is it you? <laughs> What's going on? Wrestling with that. And so I'm wondering how, how would you, you know, what would you say to that woman as she's wrestling, as she's wondering, as she's seeking God and, and trying to, to feel God more? Mm -hmm. You know, one, one of the things I've learned, I definitely have been there. So this is such a good question for me because I have been there and, and I still go there sometimes yeah. where I'm like, okay, Lord, like, where are you? When are you going to answer this for me? Yeah. But um, what I have learned is often those things that make us feel the farthest from God are actually the things that draw us closest to God. And oh, that's it, good. It's because those desperate moments mm -hmm. are the ones that that lead us to no other choice than to ask God for help. Mm. So I I have learned that when I am desperate and when I am discouraged and when I have no place to turn, that's when I seek God. And so that's when I find him, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> when we seek him, we find. And so so rather than looking at these problems and looking at the struggles um, as things that like jeopardize our relationship with God, I, I've more learned to look at it as something that actually enhances my relationship with him. And it's because those, those God moments that are big are typically not when everything's going great. Yeah. It's not when everything's like amazing. Those big God moments come when, when I'm in the pit and when I'm in despair and when I am depressed and when I am discouraged, that's when God reaches down and picks me up out of the pit. That's when God gives me that verse exactly when I needed it or plays that song on the radio exactly when I needed it or, you know, gives me that word of encouragement through a friend right when I, right when I need it. So mm -hmm. I think sometimes those things that, that, make us feel far, far from God. So that woman that feels far from God, if she can just take that step to reach out to God, mm. she is going to experience God. You know, the Bible yeah. says, draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. Yeah. And that's, that's in those dark, deep, hard times. That's, we find that in the book of James and James talks about testing and trial and temptation and all yeah. the hard things. And, and he's the one who wrote draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. And it's this beautiful, you're in the struggle, but when you reach toward me, I'm here. Yeah. He shows up. 
That's so good. Psalm, that reminds me of Psalms 5 too, just where, you know, I wait expectantly. I'm laying that out before you and I wait expectantly for you to respond because you're a good God. In fact, it's so, so interesting this morning. I was just chatting with my daughter during our devotional time this morning and we were talking about what do we do with doubts as a Christian? And I think this is very relevant to this is when we feel like God's far, we begin to doubt. Is he good? Is he there? Is he real? All of those questions. And in, in the book, it just shared the great thing about that time is I can choose to say, I've seen in the past that you're trustworthy. So I choose to believe and I trust that you're going to take care of this doubt for me. And I begin to search that out. God, are you good? So now I begin to search through scripture for the goodness of God and the, and the faithfulness of God and continue to walk through that. And I think, um, I think it's good just that step, just saying, I want to believe. <laughs> I want yeah. to know you're, I want you here with me. <laughs> Show me how to do that. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's so good. Oh man. Okay. So this is uh, my next th question for you is just about surrender. And this has honestly been one of the things I have struggled with the most. I've wrestled with God the most. I'm working through <laughs> like every day surrender. And I know um, it's a key that you focus on here. So help me understand how does surrender help me in all these difficult seasons of life. Yes, so surrender is probably one of the hardest but <laughs> biggest things that we all struggle with. Yes. Um, because it's control. We want to control. Mm. We want to know what's happening. You know, we want to plan and we want to, to, to learn and to grow, but we want to be in control of that. And yeah. what, what I'm learning is God's plan <laughs> is so much bigger than my plan, right? And so when I can surrender my plans to God's plans, this is really when I experience God. Mm. Because everything in my life can feel completely out of control. But when I remember that God is in control, then that's when I can do what the word says and cast my care on him because he cares for me. I can remember that truth that he does care for me. And, you know, this is just one, one of the ways casting our care, surrendering all of our cares is just one of the ways that we surrender, but it's really about remembering who God is. Yeah. I cast my care because I know who he is and, and I know what he's done. Like you said, mm. it's looking back at the things and knowing that he's been faithful then and he'll be faithful now. Yes. And it, when, when we look at our, our situation and our problem and we think, I, I don't know if God's going to do it. We, we're like wobbling on this faith journey. Like we're like, do it's like Jesus is going to say to us, oh, you have little faith. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like he said to the disciples, oh, you have little faith. And so um, when, when I'm worrying about what should happen or what's going to happen, I'm not, I'm not living surrendered. And so therefore the result is I'm not satisfied. Mm. So, so lack of surrender leads leads to a lack of satisfaction. But when I live knowing who God is, so I know the Lord is my shepherd and I know he's in control, then I can live like David and I can say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, or some, some Bible versions say I shall not lack, or um, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. So this surrender leads to complete satisfaction. Boy, that's, that's a beautiful thought. Just complete satisfaction, lacking nothing. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I've been reminded a few times when I'm going through all these things, uh, you know, just learning to surrender. And, and I often find myself in a tug of war where I don't even realize I've done it, but now I'm wrestling with God going, no, just, will you please just do it my way? <laughs> I, I'm that insulin little child. <laughs> I'm sure God looks at me and he's like, you're adorable, but please just trust me, trust me. But 
um, I, I find that I have put God in a box. I've given him one of two options that I see as the very best parts of how I can surrender. I'll surrender if you do this option or this option. And I make God so very small that these are his limited options that he can have. And yet when I stop, and I just take my focus off what I think should be done, I realize that there's this infinite God with infinite possibilities and all the ways that he could solve this one thing that I've fixed my eyes on and how amazing it is that if I truly surrender to the greatness that how, how big God is and I've, I've given him my pocket, this you're my pocket God, do what I ask you to do rather than allowing the God of the universe who created all of this to define what is good and his good is always looking back i can see always better than the good i would have chosen a thousand times better yeah i think you hit the nail on the head right there it's it's about fixing our eyes yeah it's about what we see you know i always mm. tell people what you see is what you get so <laughs> if you're looking for god you're going to find him yeah if you're looking for the good the good that God can do, you're going to see those good things that he's doing. You'll see that he is actually working all things together for good. Yeah. So I, I love that you fix your eyes, wherever you fix your eyes is what you seek is what you will find. Yeah. And I think that's part of, you know, ways that we can learn to surrender. Are there, are there other things that you've come up with where you think, okay, this makes it easier. So keeping our eyes focused, maybe looking back is kind of one we already mentioned, seeing God's faithfulness. Yeah, for me, I, I go back through and there's kind of like a checklist in Psalm 27. It starts with the Lord is my light. And, you know, I think of when do I need light? Well, I need light when it's dark. And so that's one, one place I surrender is when it's dark and I need light. I surrender to the one who is the light. So I go back through Psalm 27 and he says, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? So then I go back to that word salvation and I'm where, where do I find my salvation? It's yeah. in Jesus. And then um, he says, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, verse two. And so I go back to that, that list. He's my strength. When mm -hmm. do I need the strength? It's in the the weak moments of my life. So, you know, there, we can, we could try to look for these tangible. Yeah. But what do I do? Well, it's about knowing who God is. It's yeah. about knowing the our powerful God, who is our light, who is our strength, who is our salvation, who is with us. And there's a verse in there. It talks about how God is hiding us in, in his pavilion. And sometimes when when we are struggling to surrender, we feel like God is hiding from us. Yeah. And it's like, Hey God, where are you? And, and it's not like he's saying, come find me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're not playing this game of hide and seek. It's, it's really that he is hiding us. The Bible says he hides us in the cleft of the rock yeah. and he, he is our fortress and our refuge. So you can walk through Psalm 27 and every verse gives us a reminder of why and who we should surrender to. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's enough. Yeah. Enough because who God is brings me to that place from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need. Yeah. So um, I think God's power is, is so much bigger than our, our earthly reasoning and our earth, earthly thinking that when we get to know him mm -hmm. and we get to know who he is, that brings us to a place of complete surrender and then therefore complete satisfaction. Absolutely. Well, and that just keys right into to Jesus himself and rushing into our humanity to walk where we are, to be with us in this place. And, and just the picture that I think of is, 
is, you know, when my, when my little ones are hurting, my, my heart doesn't say, well, if you could just figure it out and come to me, then it will be fine. Or, you know, just get up. You're fine. No, my heart is rushing over to my child. What can I do? Holding them in the lap, comforting them. And I may not even be speaking, but just holding, you know, just allowing them to be comforted. And I, I know that's how God works in those times, because we see that throughout scripture where he's, Jesus is constantly into humanity. He's touching those who've never been touched or haven't been a long time, you know, the lepers and healing the people who were unclean and, and being right there in all of that mix. And so I, I think scripture shows us 100% that, that he loves that surrender and he's in there in that surrender, not waiting for us to figure it out and come back to him all cleaned up and cute. <laughs> right, exactly. That's so good. Oh gosh, I'm, this makes me look at Psalm 27 in a whole new light and I can't wait to dig back into it. Um, okay, so the big question then, what, why? Why do we have such a hard time with surrender? What keeps us from being able, it sounds easy, like, you know, handing something over, like, here you go. <laughs> why? Right. Why is it so hard? <laughs> right. You know, I think one of the biggest things specifically in the generation that we're in and this is going to just be rubber meets the road, practical, relevant to Lay today, it is it's, it's information. It's information. Mm. We are so bombarded by information, whether we want to say that we are addicted to our smartphones or right. not, we are. And so we are so bombarded by information and by answers that we don't stop to ask God. Mm. We, we don't go to God first. We go to God last. First, we Google. <laughs> first, we Google the answer. We, we ask Siri the answer, right? Or right. ask Alexa the answer. We have all this information at our fingertips that we're so distracted from what we really have access to, and that's God. And this, this is not new. This is not like just now we all of a sudden the devil is using this distraction he did this with eve in the garden yeah the very first sin was you know hey look at this look at this good fruit it looks so good and then distracting from god's word he said did god really say what he what you think he said mm -hmm. and so this i think this ploy of distraction that the enemy uses is not new, but it is big and it is bold and it is in our face. And the first thing we, we do is in the morning, pick up our phone and yeah. we're scrolling. And I'm so guilty of this. The Lord has really put it on my heart recently to just really think through what kind of, you know, what, what kind of guards do I need to put up so that I can access God so that I can access his power so that I can hear from him every day clearly because sometimes we feel far from God just because we're not walking with him. Yeah. Just because oh. we're walking with everyone else. We're walking with people that we know that we don't know. My daughter will sometimes look over my shoulder and she'll be like, who's that on Instagram or who's yeah. that Facebook? And I'm like, I don't know. She's <laughs> like, Why do you follow people that you don't know? And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty stupid, isn't it? <laughs> that's, that's really, really, I've taken the bait just like yeah. me and yeah. I'm just distracted. And so you know, I can say this for myself, but I think I can speak for most of us that whether we admit it, whether we want to admit it, whether we want to talk about it, whether we want to set our phones aside, yeah. we are just overrun by information. Yes. We're bombarded by it. And rather than looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, mm -hmm. we're looking to everyone else and yeah. to everything else. And 
our, I love, I love this verse is from Hebrews, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So he's the beginner of it and he's the completer of it. And our faith cannot be complete without him. Yet we are living lives unsatisfied and trying mm. to complete our faith without him. We wonder why our faith is lacking. We yeah. wonder why we don't feel strong. And it's simply because we're filling up on information that isn't filled with him. We may even use the excuse that we're following inspirational. Sure. Speakers. We're following, you know, yeah. we have all these people are sharing Bible verses. So I'm getting my devotion right here, but it just doesn't compare to getting to know God for yourself. Personally. Mm -hmm, absolutely. I, you know, having you say all that reminds me of a quote I actually just copied from your uh, blog and it says, I'm going to say it this way, girl, you were made for more than watching everyone else's highlight reel scroll past your eyes. It's time to get our eyes on Jesus. And in my head, that was in a cute little Southern accent, which I cannot do, but <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so good and such a challenge to me. Quit, quit worrying so much about what everybody else is doing and what, and really even what they think of me. Right. Cause sometimes right. I jump on there. I'm like, Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see how this did. I'm gonna see what, if I need to respond to, to people, you know, people need to hear what I have to say. So do I need to respond you know, those kinds of things. And, and I get my worth, I get my affirmation from that and, and how ridiculous it is and certainly works against being calm. Cause then no matter what I got, if I got a lot of feedback, then I'm stressed. Cause now I have to respond. Or if I got no feedback, now I'm stressed cause nobody cared, you know? So sure. it's this whole new layer of pressure that we've put on ourselves. <sighs> and, you know, sometimes it's good just to step away and, yeah. and have lunch with a friend. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I agree with you. I definitely feel far more refreshed to doing things like that. And, and even just taking a walk and right. listening to birds and talking to God that way than I do to, you know, to sit and scroll for an hour, even though I might be laying on my couch. Right. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. One of the other quotes I loved um, that you mentioned, it was just hearing from God is not reserved for the chosen few, but rather a promise to those who believe. And I think we get caught up in this. I don't know if generations past, you know, if in biblical times they struggled with hearing, I would imagine they probably did. I don't think it's new to us, but, but I think we, again, put God in a box on how we think we have to hear from him. So share with me, how, how would, uh, how would we hear from God then? Yeah. I love this question so much because I think this is one that a lot of people wrestle with. I agree. And, um, and I wrestle with it myself sometimes, yeah. you know, I'm like, okay, Lord, like, I think I'm hearing from you or I've opened my Bible for five days in a row now trying to hear from you, but I'm don't know if I'm getting it. Um, and then other times I really, I really know I've heard from him. So um, I outline five ways in an article that I wrote mm -hmm. five ways to experience God today. And I think anytime I get asked this question, I, I go back to this article because I think it simplifies it for us um, so much. I think we, we complicate it often. And we look at people who we feel like are super spiritual and we're like, wow, how do they do that? How mm -hmm. do they walk through that struggle with their head held high? How do they really have the peace of God that passes understanding? And how do we hear from God? And so here's five simple ways, and I'll try not to go too fast, but um, kind of explain each one quickly, but they're yeah. pretty self-explanatory and pretty simple. And the first one is simply read God's word. Mm read God's word. And I don't mean pick up a devotional book and read a devotion about God. Mm -hmm. I mean, read the Bible for Go yourself. The source. It's, yeah. it's the letter that he's left for us. 
it's the record of his faithfulness. It's, it's his story. It's his truth and it's powerful. Yeah. And so for me, this is one of the, the biggest ways that God speaks to me is through his word. And specifically, if, if you're like, well, I don't know where to go in his word, go to Psalms. Mm. Psalms is a place where God just, his, his words just jump off the page to me. And, and he just speaks right from the start. It's um, blessed is the man that doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly or sit in the way of sinners. And it's like, oh, it tells me right away if I want to be blessed, mm-hmm. I've got to walk in the, the holy way. I've got to walk in the right, the right way. And God can fix my heart in that way and speaks to my heart. And also, I think this is just a little side note, a little key. When we're talking about hearing from God, sometimes we don't want to hear what God has to say mm. because it is conviction. Yeah, That is the way that God speaks. And it's, it's one of the first ways he speaks because we have to realize we have a need. Yeah, We realize we have a need for him. So it's not it's typically not first comfort. It's first mm-hmm. that conviction, but read his word. Number one. Okay. Number two, ask God to speak to you. And this is simply prayer. Never underestimate the power of prayer. And this is, this is the surrendering piece. Of course, it's surrendering when you open his word, but this is surrendering saying, God, I'm here. I'm talking to you. I know you're real and I'm listening to you. And so it's, it's simple, but we complicate it. And we're like, well, I don't know how to pray. Mm. Talk to the Lord. (laughs) Just tell him like, we're talking right now. You just tell him. And you know, the Lord gives us examples in his word. So when we read his word, we'll Mm -hmm. see how Jesus prayed our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He gives us an example there of, of things we could pray about and ways that we could worship the Lord, or we could ask for things that we could ask for forgiveness and pray for our needs. So prayer is huge. Um, Number three kind of builds on that. And this is just from personal experience. Pray the Psalms out loud. You know, the psalmist puts words to our heart that is hurting, Mm. a heart that is broken, a heart that is struggling. So when we're in that place where we don't have the words to pray, we can go to the Psalms and find those words like, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to a rock that is higher than I. And when I am in the pit, Jesus reached down and, and picked me up out of a horrible pit. And so we get these, these prayers that we can't necessarily articulate with our words. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit has given the psalmist those words. And so just open the Psalms and, and pray those words out loud. And I promise you in some way, you will experience the Lord's presence in that way. Um, if you don't know where to go there, go to Psalm 23. Psalm 27 is, of course, a great one that I love. Um, so the, that's a great, a great point. Pray the Psalms out loud. Number four is ask God for wisdom. Now, this is different than number two, which was ask God to speak to you. Mm-hmm. This is asking God for wisdom. James says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God that gives to all men and he will, he will give it. He will give wisdom. And so sometimes when we want to experience God, we're looking for that answer. We, we know God is speaking. We've sensed the Holy Spirit. We felt conviction over our sin. We want to do what's right, but now what? Like, yeah. how do I move forward in this struggle? How do I move forward in this relationship? How do I make the decision that's right for my family or right for my career or whatever it may be? And so to experience God's answer in that way, we just simply ask for wisdom. And the Proverbs are full 
of information about wisdom and, and shares that the place to find it is in God's word. God's word is the source. Yeah. And so it's always back to God's word. And then finally, the last way to experience God or to hear from God is to worship him. Mm. Simply worship him. And here's why. When we keep ourselves the center of our universe, <laughs> we are not going to hear from God. Yeah. But when we lift God up and we give him his rightful place, then we experience him and we hear from him. And it's like when, like the word says, when we humble ourselves, we will hear from heaven. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, will pray, they will hear from heaven. And so this is why I love, I love worship music. So music is not the only way to worship God, but it is a way. And I think it's a wonderful way because it it redirects the heart from me to Mm -hmm. he. Right. Yeah. So it's not, well, I'm having such a struggle. It's, well, God is so amazing. Yeah. It's rather than I'm, I just don't know what to do. Well, God knows all things. Yeah. You know, so it just redirects the focus from myself to him. So just by way of recap real quick, I know yeah. I'm not like teaching, but I just want to share because yeah. I think it's important. No, please do. Five ways to, to hear from God or five ways to experience God is to read his word, ask him to speak to you, pray the Psalms out loud ask him for wisdom and worship him. And I promise you, if you're doing any one of these things in some way, you're going to be able to hear from God today. You're going to experience him today. Yes. Well, I was busy taking notes, which is why I couldn't comment because I'm, I'm receiving that. That's very good. Very good. I'm excited. I'll link this article too, so that uh, there's quick access for that as well. Well, Mike, I just wanted to ask you a a final question here. Um, And we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but just to sum it up, it does seem like, especially seeing you at this stage of your life, you've worked through a lot of these things and, and it seems like being a Christian is easy. Trusting God and being peaceful is easy at this point. And so I'm just wondering, um, you know, knowing where you came from and things like that, how, how do you feel like we can feel secure that, that God desires this relationship with us, even though sometimes our circumstances may seem like that doesn't point that direction? Yeah, First, let me just say, like, I don't always get it right. <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes yeah. you know, people can position themselves as experts. And yeah. so sometimes when we share these, these tips, you know, five tips to experience God, people are like, man, you know, <laughs> we must just like walk and drink with God. Like, this is awesome. And, and so, um, but what I would say is I have it, I get it wrong a lot, but, but I have learned to recenter. And I have learned that it, it all comes down to one thing and it all comes down to what I'm focusing on. Yeah. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm focusing on that God is the author and the finisher of my faith, mm-hmm. then I'm able to walk out my faith knowing that he is with me, that he is walking with me, that God is pursuing me. And when the enemy shoots those darts and, the, you know, those attacks that, that God's not there and God doesn't care about you and why would God allow these terrible things to happen? You're a good person. You know, when, when the enemy shoots all these arrows my way, I, if I am walking with God, I have a shield about me. Yeah. You know, God is my shield. And so I I think it comes back to that uh, verse that I mentioned in the beginning, James four, eight, draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. And it's consistently and, and regularly going back to that just pursuing God. And and then you realize as you do, he's pursuing you and and it's this beautiful relationship together. And 
I, I say that. And then in the same breath, I say, you know, I struggle. Like even this morning, I was just wrestling with some things and I was mm -hmm. asking God, like, what do you want me to do? I don't hear it. <laughs> like, tell me, I just need to know the answer. And, and the answer was wait. Yeah. And then I go back to, okay, if I can refocus, what does the God's word say about wait, wait on the Lord, be of good courage. He will strengthen your heart, be strong in the Lord. I'm like, okay, okay. So if we can refocus over and over yeah over again then we can recenter over and over mm -hmm. again and we can re-experience god's answer over and over again and that's a relationship that's a personal relationship with yeah. the lord yeah oh that's so good i love that it, it's kind of just reminds me of just because i start out on the right road on the right direction doesn't mean i don't need course correction sometimes i cross the line sometimes i get turned around, you know, and, and you just, right. it just re refocusing. What was my destination? Oh, that's right. I want to be, I want to be a Jesus lover. I want my eyes fixed on that, you know, and, and it doesn't mean it's negative or bad or God doesn't love us. It's just course correction. And, and I think that's, it's good. That's so good. I'm so excited about all this. I can't wait to really think about this. And again, read through, read through Psalm 27 with new fresh eyes again. Um, I just wanted to ask in closing, Micah, how can we be praying for you? I just love thinking about uh, other ladies praying for each other. And, and so I'd love to just know what, what can I do to be praying for you? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, you know, we're raising four children mm -hmm. and we work in full-time ministry. <laughs> and, um, and then um, we, our youngest child is adopted through foster care and he is black. He's a black child in a white family. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's struggles that, you know, we don't share a lot with other people, but there, there are struggles with um, adoption, period. Mm -hmm. I was adopted. And so there's always the relationship struggle there between biological parents and, and um, the adoptive parent. Um, but just would you just pray for wisdom for our family as we walk through the unknowns, you know, in the society that we live in and the situation that we are in yeah. and the racial, racial, you know, height, heightened fears mm -hmm. and all the things, you know, even my, my children have fears that I never would have imagined just because of, of skin color. Yeah. And, you know, it's so unfortunate that we live in a society like that. And, you know, the ra racism has no place in, in, Christianity in our world. And it, it's yeah. just crazy. The challenges, I guess, that, that we face because of the decision we've made to adopt and specifically adopt a child that is black. So, um, I would appreciate your prayers yeah. just for that, for, for wisdom on yeah. how to, how to raise him and, um, how to lead our kids through, through that. Absolutely. I think those are great things. Yeah. It's, it, I'm, I would imagine you shared some of that on your social media profile the other day. And I, had never thought about it. And it just touched me <clears throat> that you'd be willing to be open about that. Well, I'll be praying for sure. And uh, Michael, will you just tell us real quick, how, how can people read your blog? I know you have a YouTube channel that you just started again recently or just started recently and your book. Tell us quickly all of that. Yeah. So the best place to get in touch is my website, micamaddox.com. And on there, you'll find links to my book. You'll find a link to the YouTube channel. You can also always just Google Micah Maddox and you will find me. The whole first <laughs> page is filled with my face. So you will find me there. And um, I do love to speak to the women who are struggling and who are yeah. hurting. And so if you are listening and you're, you've gone through a rough time or you are going through a rough time, 
Um, I think the articles on the blog and the places that you'll find me online will be an encouragement and I hope that they will be a help to you. I absolutely agree. I know I can attest to that. Well, thank you, Mike. I appreciate your time. I know um, our time is always limited and I'm just so thankful that we could talk today and thanks for sharing your story and being so vulnerable and I just appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. If you like what you've heard today, please like and subscribe so you will know each time a new episode is released. Thanks for joining us.